Welcome to another exciting episode of Ready to Launch, a joint series between Riada, a Wilson Center podcast, and the Straight Up Startup, a Jordanian podcast hosted by Rajai Sahuri. I'm your co-host, Marissa Khurma, Director of the Middle East Program here at the Wilson Center. We're delighted to be hosting yet another key pillar of the Jordanian entrepreneurship ecosystem today, Dima Bibi, who is the CEO of Injaz. Injaz has established itself over the last 20 years as a leading solution provider linking the public, private, and civil society sectors to bridge the skills gap between the education system and the ever-changing needs of the labor market. In a country and in a region that suffers from a rather wide skills gap in the labor market. Injaz also set up its own incubator, My Startup, which is focused on supporting budding entrepreneurs, their projects, and their businesses. And to learn more about this incubator, we're going to hear from Abdullah Al-Ghwadi, a graduate student um, from a graduate from um, the University of Jordan in civil engineering, and currently uh, the co-founder of an edtech startup, Safi, which basically creates peer-to-peer online um, an online community to share educational materials. So welcome, Dima and Abdullah. Ahlan wa sahlan. Thank you, Marissa. Very happy to be with you. Thank you. Um, so, so Dima, I'm going to start with you first and um, basically ask you to tell us about how you see the Jordanian ecosystem from Injaz's standpoint. What are some of the challenges that the ecosystem still faces and how is Injaz part of the solution? Thank you for the question, Marissa. So, um Several elements affect the entrepreneurship landscape of, of any country, uh, including Jordan. Um, important uh, elements include the legal framework, uh, the education system, what's happening post-education in terms of spaces and, and programs that encourage entrepreneurship and enable it. Um, the support services, including incubation and acceleration services, Also, access to finance is a major element. Access to markets is another one. The technology and the infrastructure, the culture, uh, also the R&D, investment in R&D and entrepreneurship. These are all important uh, elements. If if we look at the Jordanian um, ecosystem, I would say most of these elements, especially the past um, 10 or uh, more like five years in specific, have been really enhancing and uh, reforming and advancing. Uh, If we're talking about education, we've mainstreamed financial and entrepreneurship education in schools um, in in regard to the legal legal framework. uh, There has been a new uh, reform and policy and roadmap uh, taking place, developed by different stakeholders. If we look at the uh, support services, uh, there are um, almost every few months, there's a new incubator, uh, incubation and acceleration programs are themselves learning and developing. Um, Access to finance is enhancing. Um, There's an issue here, though, that we may talk about uh, if there's time for that. 
technology infrastructure, I do not think uh, is a problem. I don't think they're a problem. And definitely the culture is becoming more um, appreciative and accepting and encouraging actually uh, mm -hmm. of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship. So that's, um, that's a quick uh, summary of, uh, of the ecosystem. And, and that's really good news because um, it's taken a while to get here. And um, you at the helm of Injaz have been doing quite a, a lot of work, uh, particularly as we mentioned earlier in the intro, uh, in, in trying to close that skills gap and now with this new incubator, My Startup. So can you tell us a little bit more about um, Injaz's programs and your success? I know you're also, you've also branched out outside the region and that's that's testimony to the successful model that Injaz has set up. Uh, sure, Marisa. So, so Injaz started um, over 20 years ago. Um, and since then, we've been focusing on bridging, uh, narrowing the gap between the skills that the private sector requires and the skills that were acquired throughout the education system. And more specifically, the financial education, entrepreneurship education, life skills, um, and digital skills. And throughout the past 20 years, um, we have done many mistakes and we have learned from our mistakes and we have adapted and we have uh, changed our models and we have um, understood what really works and what doesn't work within an ecosystem like Jordan's and a, a culture like the culture uh, that is um, uh, pretty much dominant today. Mm -hmm. uh, to cut a, a very long story short, uh, because we were able to prove impact, uh, because uh, our graduates had three times the opportunity of being uh, immediately hired versus those who do not go through our programs, we were able to convince Uh, the government to convince the financial sector that mm -hmm. financial and entrepreneurship education are um, are really impactful. And uh, seven years ago, we were able to mainstream along with uh, the uh, Ministry of Education and um, under really the leadership of uh, the um, uh, the Central Bank of Jordan, we mm -hmm. were able to mainstream uh, entrepreneurship and financial education. So it became a compulsory subject from grade seven to grade 10, and then elective for grades 11 and 12. So, and, and Melissa, those who started with us seven years ago uh, with the seventh grade, mm -hmm. they have entered, have joined universities. And yeah. universities are seeing uh, a real change in terms of the mindset, the knowledge, the business knowledge, the understanding, et cetera. So, so that is something um, that we have been preparing for for a long time now. We've yeah. also uh, launched um, several programs focusing on building entrepreneurship skills in, in all universities in Jordan. And as you mentioned, um, four years ago, we've launched our own incubator um, to continue with those young entrepreneurs who, um, who have the desire and the capacity and the will to pursue entrepreneurship and, and launch their businesses. And um, it's just fascinating because like you said, you know, you, you start working, for example, with the financial literacy piece in the curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, you are not going to see the results 
right away because it Mm -hmm. takes a generation to change. And now you're starting to see these benefits, which is, it's just testimony again, that this work does not happen overnight. It's a, it's a long-term commitment. Um, And I'm very excited uh, that you're joined by um, Abdullah, who is currently incubating his startup. So Abdullah, I want to turn to you now. Um, Very curious to hear about Safi. Uh, we've been actually at the Wilson Center's Middle East program, really zooming into the ed tech world. Uh, so why did you decide to start this? Um, tell us a little bit more about this entrepreneurial journey and your experience at my startup. Thank you, Melissa. So as a graduate, as a civil engineer, um, always uh, people ask me the question, why are you going to it if you are a civil engineer? But really, I understand the mission from being an engineer um, as a problem solver mm-hmm. um, and to ensure quality uh, of living. You can do it via multiple things. I choose technology, education technology main, uh, as a main, main thing um, because the impact and the effect, um, and it's not just a product that you can consume it, uh, it's a very, very long-term effect. It can change people's lives mm-hmm. um, radically. So that's why I joined um, and created several uh, tech startups before uh, Safi, actually. From the early beginning, I'm interested uh, always in the tech. Um, regarding my journey in Safi, which is, again, it's a peer-to-peer educational platform. We enable university students for sharing educational material. Um, like notebooks, summary, and etc. Um, and alhamdulillah, now we have more than 41,000 university students uh, from Jordanian and uh, working to expand uh, to, to Saudis right now and in the market research space. So, wow, the journey, that's very exciting. Thank you. Um, so, main journey, um, I can tell it's, it's, it's uh, embedded with a huge challenge. But it's come with the job as an entrepreneur. Uh, by definition, you are creating a positive destruction for uh, an old system to create a new uh, effective uh, system. But you, yeah. you always will face that challenge. If you are not giving, if there is no pushing back, you are not yeah. in the right way. Um, yeah. But, but I can tell you know, that every challenge we face, actually, we can find some tactics. So to outmaneuver it and overcome it, actually. But I want to, t- to, t- uh, to tackle two main challenges, which is access to finance and access to market. Um, okay. And specifically access to market. Why? Here in Jordan, uh, we are considered relatively very small town. Small market, yeah. 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 So mainly most of the startups and entrepreneurs here in Jordan actually pilot piloting their startups here and looking forward to, to increase or to expand it and scale it into the MENA region. So this is the main challenge now, to access other markets, like um, in the GCC, for example, or uh, in, in North Africa, for example. This is the main challenge. Most of the startups, even after they uh, build their MVP, they prove the business model they came up with. Now they are facing, uh, when they talk to investors, okay, what is the uh, total time you are looking for. Okay, do you prove it elsewhere? Are you working on it there? 
So this is the main challenge from my side, actually. I mm. uh, keep keep facing when, when talking with investors. So how is my startup providing the support you need as an incubator? Perfect. So uh, from my background as a civil engineer, I didn't study technology, neither educational system. So uh, I need like uh, knowledge. Even I have the willingness and ability, I need to assist, assist it with knowledge to gain the experience. Um, and in jazz, mainly, uh, we have a very, uh, we have assessments for our needs. Then they tailor it to a personalized learning path targeted only for ethic startups, actually, which is the main thing in the training part. Uh, the other thing, which is focused consultation, targeted the deep, deep need that we, we are uh, looking for based on technology or uh, and, and, uh, uh, education itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically your training at Injaz gave you the skills you needed in order to lift up your ideas and put it all into Safi. Yep. 100%. Uh, and it's the point that you don't know what you don't know. So mm. you, do, you always need some, some people to mentor you with 10 times better than you with experience uh, to add the knowledge in your conscious so you can see further, so you can strategize more and plan better for long term. Um, it's, and again, it's it's not just building a startup, building a company, and to sustain it in the long term. Uh, yeah. Build it right to sustain for 20, 30, 40 years for next generation. You know, this is the, this is the real change. This is the real game of business, the real game of entrepreneurial and startups. So, yeah, you have to build it right from the beginning. And you need those people who mentor you and uh, allow you to see further. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's fascinating that um that you have had this experience um and you mentioned that you've had other projects before you actually started um safi um in edtech as well and i so that one that gets me back to what is the problem you're trying to solve with safi main thing access to education material to support university students uh because the university student context uh, and the environment they are learning in, it's changing. Now, you are not just a student. You, you want to work, to finance yourself. You don't have the time. Side by side, uh, you need something to accelerate your progress. You have multiple books you have to study from, multiple syllabus, multiple slides that professors give to you. And you have three months. Uh, side by side, you have a um, part-time job. Uh, how you can do it? and how you can accelerate that learning uh, process for you and ensure uh, a very solid foundation, at least a knowledge. Because unfortunately, even the students who graduate from university, people, some students, they don't have the experience, okay. But also, unfortunately, people, some students, they are graduate with non-solid foundation of knowledge. So uh, they have... A, they must acquire a very solid foundation from the knowledge in order to build on it and a good uh, experience uh, mm-hmm. to, to go with the career path. And this is uh, one of the challenges that faces the employers, actually, because the students who graduated, they don't know uh, why they take this major, for example. 
and they don't know their ability. Uh, yeah. They didn't assess it well. Side by side, they are uh, facing a huge knowledge gaps in the process. So they are graduated and facing the employer who who, who want to deal with all with, with all of that. So in mm-hmm. Safi, we accelerate the process of learning mm-hmm. and uh, ensuring uh, minimizing the knowledge gap you gain uh, in the university. I mean, it sounds like beyond just sharing educational material and with that, of course, preparing students for you know post graduation, you are in a way um, filling the gap of also a career service, you know, or a career counseling service, uh, which I know is a missing factor for many educational institutions in Jordan and the region. When you said um, some people don't know why they chose the major that they chose, uh, that is a very common um, problem. And so do you see yourself as also addressing that issue? Currently, I'm focusing on knowledge gap. Uh, hopefully, in the future, uh, yeah, all, all doors are open. Um, in average, I do uh, user interviews daily with the students with different universities. So I, I, I can tackle and I can see the problem here. So, um, and the value of it, uh, and it's the impact that will make uh, if we do it right. Um, we are focusing now on knowledge gap. Hopefully yeah. in the future we can, yeah. Excellent. Um, Dima, I want to bring you into the conversation because there were various points that Abdullah mentioned that got me thinking, how does Dima feel, you know, hearing um, one of, you know, your own startup founders uh, talking about their project and what they're doing? Um, I'm sure you've seen, I know that you've opened up your application process for the fourth batch. So you've probably seen, uh, you know, at least three batches. So how does this feel from, from your end? Um, and then, and then the next sort of more technical question is, um, what happens to these startups after they leave incubation phase? Do you keep in touch? Is there a network? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel great <laughs> to start with. It's, uh... <laughs> Feels so good when you see uh, a return on on the investment, and, and the investment here is really um, twenty one years of hard work to try to enable young entrepreneurs who um, have ideas and have the need because of the very high unemployment uh, rates in Jordan, as you know, yeah. and have the desire, but really don't have enough tools, don't have the spaces, don't have the knowledge, uh, don't have the support, uh, seeing them materialize and bring their dreams in, in, into reality is, is just amazing. Uh, especially, Melissa, that our incubator is probably the, the among the few, if not the only incubator that starts with um, fresh graduates and students from the very early stages of launching their startups, um, from the yeah. idea stage and very early stage. These are usually young entrepreneurs uh, who are not, um, quote unquote, investor ready. Um, and there's not much attention given uh, to such group. And this right. also includes uh, not only um, early stage entrepreneurs, but also uh, we find issues facing women entrepreneurs. There is also 
um, unique in many ways. We find issues facing social entrepreneurs. There's very little impact investors and impact investment. There's very little space where they can develop their ideas and and, and passion and, and really create change uh, through launching their social uh, enterprises. Mm-hmm. We see issue when it comes to people with disabilities who want to also launch their businesses. We see issues with uh, young people outside Amman in rural areas. We see issues with people who um, don't speak, um, don't necessarily speak good English. There's not much attention attention given to them. So we've decided early on, after identifying all these gaps, we've decided early on that we're not there to become uh, yet another incubator or accelerator. We want to really address these gaps. We want to focus on women entrepreneurship. We want to focus on youth outside Amman. We want to focus on uh, early stage startups, people with disabilities, etc. And this has been a, a harder mission. You know, it, it is it is not the easy way of um, of providing incubation programs and attracting investors and attracting funds and uh, and um, you know providing all the services and the facilities that an incubator would want. It's it's uh, it's a harder job, um, but. Um, Seeing the impact and the the huge change from the day those entrepreneurs and potential and aspiring entrepreneurs join um, and when they graduate is is really heartwarming. Um, And to address your second point, uh, Marissa, so we have, uh, we, um, every cohort, uh, we, incubate around 60 to 70 early stage startups and idea stage startups. And um, among those, I would say um, around 20% uh, are the ones who really start shining. Um, Probably around 60 to 70% uh, are committed. They go through the whole process. They want to uh, make it, but they're not ready by the end of the incubation. So we've launched a new program for retention, and this is to retain um, selected incubated startups whom we feel and know would need further support, but but are very promising. Um, And that program has been uh, proven extremely powerful and impactful. And we're seeing today our uh, retained program, retained startups really flourishing and um, winning the first and some of them second rounds of funding and winning uh, regional and sometimes global competitions. Um, and they, you know, they started with us uh, at a very, very early stage. So that's really um, a very um heartwarming as I said and just gives yeah. us constant energy to to continue to do what we're doing. Absolutely. Um and power to you and your team for um not only continuing the journey, but as you said, you've proven to be a very adaptive organization. The fact that you've identified that you know not everybody makes it and those that don't still can can get a, a second chance with 
further support and programming is is a, a, a leading example of of your adaptation and um, evolution as as uh, as an organization. So um, I can go on and on with uh, both of you, Dima and Abdullah, but um, we want. I want to ask one last question. So Abdullah, from you, I'd like you to to share. Uh, what we call within this program, the before you launch words of wisdom to budding entrepreneurs or recent graduates who are a little bit hesitant perhaps to move forward, join an incubator or apply for um, for uh, a spot in an incubator. What would you tell some of these um, young people from uh, from Jordan? Um, and, um, and Dima, if there's one thing looking forward, um, you, you are, um, sort of looking at to, to add on or to change, um, in the way that, uh, that, you know, my startup is working. What is, what is that one thing that you would like to accomplish, let's say in, in the next year? So I'll start with you, Abdullah. So from my side, I can tell that you have always to listen, listen very carefully and listen well and don't, don't get uh, in the false, let's say, confident that you think you know it all uh, as a fresh graduate, for the fresh graduate mainly. Uh, be humble and always listen uh, and always do a rapid, uh, fast experimentation. Uh, before you start any products, always you have to know your customer very, 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 very well. Uh, this is the main thing. Thank you. Thank you, Abdullah. Dima? Um, for us, Marissa, what, uh, what we have plans for currently, uh, and that is also out of uh, a clear need, is to um, establish physical spaces, extensions to our incubator in governorates outside uh, Amman. And we've already, we already started uh, doing that. We actually partnered a few months back with the uh, with Moody Ministry of uh, uh, Digital Economy and Entrepreneurship um, and acquired four locations where we will be um, extending our services and programs to these uh, spaces. So initially we've been targeting uh, young people from governorates but it's um, it hasn't been an easy um, thing for them to go back and forth to Amman. Uh, what we did, uh, especially during COVID, one of the good things that came out of COVID is, is that we established um, a, a virtual incubator. So we were able to better serve um, those young uh, uh, entrepreneurs uh, um, in different locations. But the, the physical presence is different. The, the, the engagement with the uh, with their uh, peer entrepreneurs and um, the community building uh, activities, uh, what the impact that these activities uh, provide when you're there physically face-to-face, -face, engaging with mentors face-to-face, -face, learning from your peers, um, going through lots of uh, discussions and uh, uh, it's, it's a different um, experience altogether. It's a different journey. Um, so that's, uh, that's what we plan to do and that's what we actually started doing. Hopefully, uh, within the, by the end of this year, we will have 
for other locations uh, outside Amman uh, functioning, providing all the services that we pr today we uh, offer through my startup. Excellent. That sounds like, um, as you said, a, a much needed, a much needed spaces um, to ensure that there is um, accessibility to everyone. Um, so good luck with the rest of that. Uh, thank you once again, uh, Diman Abdullah, for joining us. Um, and uh, we hope to continue the conversation and meet you in person in Amman this summer. Same here. Thank you so much, Marissa. It's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Marissa. Thank you all. This podcast is funded by a grant from the United States Department of State. The opinions, findings, and conclusions of this podcast are those of our guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the U.S. Department of State.